literally every Chelsea fan I know is literally hitting me up, telling me Enzo Fernandez is here. He's beautiful and we're waiting for him. Man, Eden Hazard left us. I don't know if it was the summer of 2017. It's been a while since he left. But he left us and we were destitute without a saviour. I know I'm being dramatic, but it feels so good just having a superstar level talent. Oh man, the days of watching Liverpool have Salah and Mane, Van Dijk, Alisson, CT with their Kevin De Bruyne, Erling Haaland, Ruben Dias. And then you have PSG with their trifecta that's just ridiculous. And then there's Chelsea. That was my Chelsea with no superstar. Now we have a superstar midfielder, a generational midfielder, Enzo Fernandez. He plays for Chelsea. I was excited about the Mudrik deal, but that was quite scary. This one is not scary. This is a, a signing that signifies stability. It's a signing that signifies progressive football and progress generally. If you want to judge where Chelsea is going, you have to look at the heart of the midfield. Enzo Fernandez. Chelsea are set for the next six, seven, eight years. Ah, man, this is going to be so beautiful. So beautiful to watch. The future is bright for Chelsea. Christopher Nkunku is coming in July. Yao Felix might be signed on, might be signed on a permanent. Oh, man. Good news for Cobham. Good news for Stanford Bridge. We are going to ball. We are going to ball hard. I mean, I'm even entertaining the, the silly possibilities. Silly. Silly possibilities of us going far in the Champions League. Because, I mean, we are Chelsea. We can squeeze a juice out of a very dry lemon. I don't know. We've done it before in 2012. We did it in 2020. 2021, rather. Where we just playing defensive football, catch teams on the counter, 1-0, we progress. I don't know, man. I don't know. But this is a signing that just, it, it feels like things are coming together. And I'm very aware we might lose to Fulham in the weekend. I'm okay with losing to Fulham. I'm okay with losing in the, in, in the Champions League even, even in the league. At this point, to be honest with you, I don't even want top four. But I... It's difficult now where I don't want Chelsea to play in the Conference League, but I want them to play maybe Europa. Yeah, but pretty much like United, play in the lower league while making sure that your 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 standings or your position in in the league is solid. Look at what Arsenal are doing. They went through a lot of the group stages in the Europa League with their B team and comfortably winning games. I mean, PSV was a problem, but other than that, they were comfortably, comfortably winning and, you know, beating everyone. It's only now that Europa League is advancing to, like, you know, the serious stages that Arsenal need to unleash their full Arsenal. Did you get the part? <laughs> I hope you got the part. But... I want the same thing for Chelsea. Like play Europa, and in the in the beginning stages of Europa League, just coast with the young players, rotation players, and make sure that we get to maybe quarterfinals, and then start playing your your serious like 
starting 11 Nkunku, Mudrik, um, Fernandez, Padilla Chile, Thiago Silva, you know. I'm assuming Kepa will stay. I don't have a problem with him staying. I mean, I have problems with Kepa, but I don't have a problem with him staying because there's a lot that's happening and Mendy isn't someone to be trusted, especially with the way Porta is playing. But that's what the future should look like to any realistic Chelsea fan. And anyone in the Chel- anyone who's just poor Chelsea that wants progress. Because progress for us would be next season, our our starting eleven, the one that we trust the most, our key players, like the most important players, they start running in the league. We want to be competing for top three, top two. I mean if we stumble upon number one like Arsenal did. Um, good for us. Good for Porter. Good for the players involved. But just getting those top two spots, challenging Man City. Not even challenge Arsenal. Even if Arsenal win, just get to the level that Man City is at. You know, obviously Man City are not really at their best this season. But if we, so here's 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 the, a nice way to put it. If Chelsea next season is the team that City is this season. I'm going to be content. I'm going to be content because the gap is so large between Chelsea and Man City. We just need to be the team they are now, next, next season, and then be their top two, top three. Obviously, Man United are also surging forward, but sometimes it's not about the league standing. It's about the progress that you're making. You know, look look at Newcastle. Them being number four, number five, they're not going to complain, even if they know that their squad value should be higher. But just... Looking at where they were and where they are now, that's when you see progress, you know, and you are satisfied with the result. Because, I mean, if Chelsea probably win, like, the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup, and then they're, like, number two, number three in the league, that's a good season. That's a good season, obviously, qualified for Champions League. And, I mean, we can win Carabao Cup and then win Europa and then be number two or number three. And that, that's good. That's good. You know, that's good. So... That's that's those are the goals for Chelsea next season for me realistically because I don't wanna like the thing is we don't wanna be be too crazy about all of these things because teams are going to improve as well as much as Chelsea improves everyone is improving Man United is improving at a rapid pace and Arsenal haven't even hit their true form as a team so it's going to be an exciting exciting next two years seeing how the landscape of football is changing literally. It's the passing of the baton in so many fields. I mean, five, not even five, three years ago, the the world of football had different heroes, different superstars and whatever. Paul Pogba was a peak of his powers and Golo Kante. Um, who else? Griezmann, top of, like, peak of, peak of, uh, I mean, peak, 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 peak. And then there was what? I can't remember players like back then. I mean, Salah was. I mean, Salah is still the guy. Son is still him. Kane is still him. But right now, you guys can tell there's a new generation of youngsters that are just spawning out of nowhere. That's the Jude Bellingham, Petri, Gavi, Musiala. I'm very high on Musiala, by the way. That boy's going to achieve quite a lot. And then now there's Enzo Fernandez. I mean, we've we've literally gotten to a point where. Having Enzo kind of frees us from Golokante and his injuries. As, as as great as he is, he's, he's a generational midfielder 
uh, Ngolo Kante and has helped us so much. But now things are becoming difficult, you know. So it's nice seeing the, the passing of the baton in a way that the new superstars are coming in. Mikhailo Mutrik, man, we're going to see a lot from that boy, a lot from him. Um, so it's it's quite exciting. I, I, I want to speak, but I can't speak. I'm just excited, man. I'm just excited. Uh, there's a lot of football to be played. I'm also, now that, I mean, obviously I'm a Chelsea guy, but I really want Liverpool to, to, to come back. I want Liverpool to sign Jude Bellingham. And I don't know who else. I haven't really diagnosed Liverpool's problems, but I'll tell you for free. Most of the problems they have now that can be mitigated are due to Klopp's in inflexibility. And inflexibility in formation and tactics. And what we knew two years back is he has an aging squad and he's not doing enough. Or maybe the FSG Corp is not doing enough to revitalize the squad. Because Pep did say that the, the squad that I won the the league with in 2017 is completely different from the squad that I won the league with uh, in 2022. And because you need to rejuvenate your squad constantly, constantly rejuvenate your squad, rejuvenate, change. So it will be very interesting to see how Klopp starts building afresh with Cody Hagpo, Luis, um, who's that guy? Luis Diaz. I love Luis Diaz. I love him so much. And then there's Darwin Nunes, Mohamed Salah, Fabio Calvario. I mean, I don't understand the role that Fabio Calvario is playing, but I expected a lot from him, but also he's still young. So you have to understand that he comes at a time when Liverpool isn't really Liverpool. They're in a transitional space now trying to figure out how do they play without Mane, without Firmino. Um, Van Aldam has left as well. Thiago is only starting to play regularly now. Fabino is out of sorts. It's just a lot that's happening. Why am I talking about Liverpool? This episode is not supposed to be about Liverpool. We talk a lot about Liverpool. But Enzo Fernandez is here and he's beautiful. And Chelsea is going to play beautiful football next season. Next season. Stay tuned. Cheers.